Welcome to Where Brains Meet Beauty, hosted by Jody Katz, founder and creative director of Base Beauty Creative Agency. Hi, Where Brains Meet Beauty family. I am over the moon excited to introduce you to our summer sponsor, Grin. My team at Base Beauty uses the Grin creator management platform every day. It's an incredible tool. Let me tell you why we love it and why you need it. So your team already works with influencers, but they're probably getting lost in spreadsheets and busy work. They're combing through a messy web of communications and content your creators post, wondering if the campaigns are actually delivering a return on your investment. Well, that's where Grin comes in. Grin is the number one creator management platform, helping e-commerce brands connect with their audience through the power of creator partnerships. It's an all-in-one software that allows you to treat your creators like your brand revolves around them. Because in the creator economy, it does. My team loves that Grin has project management tools that provide for a seamless workflow. Thousands upon thousands of creators already live on Grin, so it's super easy to meet and build organic relationships with them, track the metrics of their content, and pay them all in one platform. Find out how Grin can help you grow your brand. Watch the demo at grin.co. That's G-R-I-N dot C-O. Hi, Esperanza. Hi, Jody. How are you? It's a skincare day at Where Brains Meet Beauty. So we're in your happy place. Uh, we are, except um, after meeting my guest today over Instagram Live, I just really want to be in her hands. Like, I want to be with her in real life because I'm sure it's an amazing experience to get a treatment from Joanna Check. Yeah, absolutely. I think Joanna Check is like my kindred spirit. I loved when she started talking about horoscopes. I felt very seen by her. Um, she has a way with numbers, which she'll talk um, with us about on the show. And she's also fascinating because she's truly um, an athlete. You know, she's um, incredibly... I think she uses her brain like an athlete in building her business, which is to me super fascinating. And I um, I think I do too. I just didn't realize it until I listened to her. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like she had so many interesting stories to tell of her childhood and growing up. Um, so she was definitely a very unique guest for us. Well, I'm sure Joanna Check is all over our listeners' social media because she's super famous. And um, let's let everyone get into this episode. Absolutely. So welcome to episode 216. It's my pleasure to introduce our guest, Joanna Check, celebrity esthetician and founder of Joanna Check Skincare. Welcome to Where Brains Meet Beauty. Our guest today has over 35 years of experience, beginning in Poland and built in New York City. Her treatments are a mix of timeless techniques from home and the most innovative technologies. She has a list of notable celebrity clients. I'm not going to read it because I like to keep privacy, but some, somehow we found a list online. Um, and please welcome Joanna Czech, celebrity esthetician and founder of Joanna Czech Skincare. Jody, thanks for having me here. I am so thrilled to be here and share with you and uh, with your viewers, whatever I can share, whatever you guys are interested in. Well, I'm grateful that you're here, and I know your husband's in the room, so maybe he'll chime in with um, some of his own points of view, and that's welcome <laughs> as well. Um, so I want to welcome you to Where Brains Meet Beauty with my favorite question, since we are a career journey show. Um, when you were 11 years old, go back in time, what do you want to be when you grow up? Uh, I wanted to be a doctor or a singer. Uh, I mean, 180 degrees, I don't know what you call it. I am not sure where it came from, uh, but uh, based on how I used to play, 
that's kind of what I heard from my parents or from my uh, friends and so on. The way how I would play with, with my dolls, I was not interested in their makeup or doing their hair. I occasionally played with their clothing, but for sure, every doll was covered with bandages, with uh, just, they were all kind of wounded. So I always needed to take care of them. And you know, th that could be coming from the family my both parents survived the Second World War. That's kind of growing up in Poland where we had two channels, uh, definitely 50 years ago. Um, and you kind of saw only war movies because that's only what was allowed. It's a little getting too political, but I think this is, this is the channel that I can be kind of myself. It's not just about beauties. We're kind of what made me, you know, and, and, uh, and then, um, so that was me thinking that I probably want to be a doctor because I really want to help and take care and, and so on. And I always wanted to be a godmother to every animal, cat or dog that my friends had or my own. I needed to be a godmother. This I really, <laughs> that was just so mandatory. And then, because that was about giving and caring again, and then singing, I think I had a certain level of talent that I had my musical ear. I used to sing a lot with my late dad, um, many harmonies and so on. Uh, I used to go uh, to across the street to my friend's house um, and play piano. And I was able to play music without the notes, just whatever I heard, just from my ear. And uh, one day I came back and that was probably around 11 or 12 that uh, came back from my training because I ended up being a young athlete uh, during my school times. Uh, I found piano in the hallway. My dad bought me a piano. Uh, so, and then what I remember playing and singing to a teaspoon. <laughs> so I guess that's what, that's what my answer would be why I wanted to be maybe a singer, maybe a doctor. That's what I taught. I love these stories and walking down memory lane because I think they're so telling. First of all, you wanted to be a doctor and a godparent to every animal because you want to take care of them. And that's literally what you do in your career that you built, right? So you're not doing that with scalpels, but you're still doing it, right? You're, um, you're skin to skin, right? And what you do every day is so um, vital to making people feel good. Um, but before I move on, because I do have a ton of questions, you, you said you love animals. Do you have any pets today? If I would have a pet, my husband says that I would kill it by and an, or our pet would die of obesity. I cannot say no to a begging eye of a dog. Uh, so uh, my brother who lives in San Francisco, he has three dogs and uh, I am just, uh, you know, like I, I sneak it. I know it's not healthy for them, but I just at least ask what they love to eat. So I know I'm not going to poison them, <laughs> but I just, it, it wouldn't be fair to those animals. This I probably could control, but in a current situation, since I, um, my friend is offering, I am getting a dog. Yes, Mary, <laughs> Mary Grace, I am getting a dog. Yes, one day. <laughs> and uh, anyhow, um, I uh, wouldn't be fair to an animal at the moment we travel so much for work that I, the dog would have to spend time with, uh, in the hotels, in dog hotels or whatever, unless Mary Grace will take care of the dog. 
Yes. Well, it sounds like Mary Grace will definitely take care of the dog, but it also sounds like you still are a godparent to animals in your life, right? I am a godparent to animals and I'm a godparent to children that they are not any blood nieces and nephews. I'm a mama Joe. I remain mama Joe. Um, okay, so um, obviously you're super talented. You were playing piano by ear, which, you know, is like next level musical talent. Um, but you are also an accomplished athlete. And I really want to d- dive in deep here because I find this fascinating. Um, in your community, you were selected as a very young kid, age six, you told me, to run, right? Like um, yeah. track and field. Yep. And you told me this incredible story about um, what was driving you in these races. Um, can we go back to this story and you can start from the beginning and I'll definitely want to layer in some questions. This is, this is, this was such a deep story, Jody, that you, you, you digged out from me. I don't always, I don't often repeat this story, but I remember that story. And by you asking that question, I just kind of returned to it. So yes, back in Poland, my times. So now everybody that was 52 years ago when I was chosen to be uh, that athlete. I was six years old. Um, they kind of ask you to run, jump, um, do some gymnastics without any particular training. And based on how coordinated you are, I, that's my understanding, um, that would be uh, how they would choose us. So I would always end up at least until set, through set my 17th, year of life so from 6 to 17 11 to 12 years of workouts in training and being this young athlete i was chosen then as a six years old without knowing anything was my talent what i would be good in i ended up um being a 5k runner and uh, then actually team sport was basketball i am 160 centimeters hello Białystok. Uh, that's the city where I actually graduated my beauty institute in Białystok. There is a person joining us. That's awesome. Uh, yes. So um, he, I was a great three-point shooter, whatever is the name in English, but, uh, but that's what I've done, those two sports. Um, but the story that I was going to, knowing I, I was a hardworking child, and I think I'm even harder-working adult, um, Back when I was growing up and when I was training, that was not kind of as I find in the United States. I don't know if I should compare or not. Maybe they are all different uh, levels of, of um, uh, recognizing winners or losers or so on. Back in Poland, my times, uh, if you did not win, you were, you were a loser and nobody was giving you a lollipop because you lost. You only were a winner. Loser was a loser and had to work harder. That's not necessary that you were yelled at, but you, that was definitely a level of disappointment, maybe from your coach or a trainer. Um, uh, but uh, whenever I knew, let's say we are in competition between the schools, and then whoever wins a 5K on in this level, age level, between, let's say, um, 12 and 14, uh, those people are going to competition between the cities, then competition between regions until you get to four countries. And those days we could only compete between Russia, that was then uh, USSR, Soviet Union, East Germany, uh, Czechoslovakia, 
or Czech Republic was called. I'm not sure there were so many names throughout. And then Poland, so four countries. So I was able to represent uh, my country as well. That's as high as I got between those four kind of uh, international competitions. But to get there, first you have to do your run and you, there are certain ways of getting, getting qualified to another level. So I knew, when I knew that the first three runners from group of 16 will be qualified to representing city when we first were representing school only or so on. And I knew that I was strong enough and I trained with the person. I became friends with the person. We all become really, um, I don't know how much of a friends, but there is some kind of kinship between athletes. And I had respect to that person and so on. Just like, I wanted them to be with me and go on with me and travel to another city and so on. That was a, that's not a nice word, but that was a certain level of manipulation, even that was a very positive manipulation because I wanted this person to run before me because I knew if I'm second, I'm still going to get qualified to another level. I know it's a very weird thing. I couldn't explain to you exactly then psychology of it and I'm not sure about now um, but 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 I, I've done it a few times I mean, it was very risky because it could have been a very quick run of another person but 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 I've done it what I love about this story Joanna is that you number one seem to have enough confidence in yourself that you would be top three right and that you had this game within a game, right? So you're you're at the, you're at the track for the game, but you cr- created you called it a manipulation. I'd say it's a game of like saying like I'm gonna let so and so hit first. I'll I'll hang back for a second, and that's testing yourself, right, in a different way. So you're playing two games, two games it at is. the same time. I know. I w- I was competing there, and then I was competing with myself. How, how exhausting is that? This is not, this is being Polish blonde or something, you know. Just, but you were doing it because you had this goal of the camaraderie that would come out of it, right? Which is always, so sweet. Always. So it, the reason why I love this story is because I, I love talking to people and understanding, like, are you competitive? Like, you know, you are at the top of your game in skincare. Like, literally everybody knows your name. I said you're all over my Instagram. You like literally, like every time I open it up, you're all over my Instagram. Like, whether it's, um, you, your own content, or people talking about you and your products. So I'm curious, like, do you feel like you're a competitive person out in this career world? I am competitive with myself. I am my biggest competitor. I don't enjoy any competition between others, even just by this previous manipulation and so on. Um, that That's just kind of... Uh, mm, shows that I was not necessarily against those people because I was taking a risk of some, someone else winning and me not getting there. I am competitive with myself. I can't run anymore on treadmill because literally uh, if I go for it, I will do treadmill 30 minutes. Oh my God, I got into 7K within 30 minutes. Let me finish and get to to 10K, so I will be doing it longer if I'm already achieving this. And so then I am exhausted that I'm not liking it. But uh, that kind of expecting things from myself, that remains. I have high expectations from myself. That makes me, at the moment, I see what makes me very hardworking, uh, never stopping, 
looking for new technologies, looking, uh, creating a new treatments, uh, thinking about new approaches, not necessarily based on reading another book, but just gathering 35 years of work. So never stopping, just having so many ideas. Um, uh, and I never thought that I was a creative person, uh, but apparently I am, that science it has nothing to do with being creative because, again, as a English as a third language or whatever language it is for me, uh, I taught creativity. It's about painting, drawing, and this no, that's this does not exist uh, because if I would draw the dog, you would think it's a horse. So that's that's almost like my cooking level. So that's where I am. But um, but I have expectations for myself and setting the high bar. So, um, Joanna, I usually save the next questions for last, but you really walked right into them. So I'm going to go for it. You know, you talked about like always advancing um, your skills and your knowledge and your ambition. So I really have been studying this idea of success and how we, um, as people in our industry, define success and how we get there. And I've just described it for me as a seduction because I have a fun job. I'm in a fun industry. So um, I want more and more of the success once I get a taste of reaching my goals. So I'm wondering if um, if you've how you define success today and also if it, it is a seduction for you as well. This is the hardest question for me because I really, really honestly don't know definition of success. I wonder what would you define how would you define it? I wonder, or maybe our viewers or so on. I, I, I would imagine that that's very interesting how you put it to, together, seductive success, uh, success, right? I mean, if, if whatever success seems like something very positive, I would imagine that, that but I don't know what success really means uh, anymore. Uh, I don't know, maybe as a child, I would think that means you are very wealthy, you have tons of money. And like, I don't know, you have yachts or whatever. I would not say that that's the case now because all those situations that don't create happiness necessary. Um, I, I really, this is, this is a hard question, Jody. I don't, I don't know. Uh, I know that success could be seductive. I would imagine that. Because, because it's positive. But what is that success for me? I am so hard working. I would imagine that, I don't know, maybe I would have a choice of working or not working. I'm not there yet. I can't make decision uh, that like, oh, today I will work and tomorrow I really don't have to. Also the uh, character, character of my profession, it's service. So I always have somewhere deep there, always first, taking care of the person, either literally physically taking care of them or advising them. And, and my successes, you know, that's what brings me to this answer. It's seeing happy clients on daily basis. So this every each single client, it's my success. And if they are happy, I'm even more successful. If I'm seeing the same face again, oh my God. That's really a success. They came back. They they returned. So um, I think that would be my my success. And yes, that would be that could be seductive, and seductive and 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 uh, attractive to me. And and actually, but also you know would make me to work even harder. I don't know if I can work harder, but yes, I, I would want to do even better. 
I think that's the seduction in its essence is it makes you want to work more, right? Yes, like exactly. <laughs> but I, yes. I, I, um, yeah. First of all, I think in my 20s, I thought success was all about money, like for sure. I mean, even like three years ago, I thought it was all about money. Um, I've learned a lot since then. But this desire to continue to see happy clients, see clients bring their sisters or their brothers to you, right? And really trust, like let their, um, they trust you so much, they bring their whole family, right? Um, That is... A, a seduction because it makes you want to work more. Yes. Um, but I think the tension for me, at least as an entrepreneur with like a lot of ideas in my head, you know, I have like other podcast ideas and book ideas and whatnot. When, when to stop and take a break, right? When to lead my life and um, let my career ambitions take a little bit of a, a pause for a minute. And that to me is what I've been trying to explore through this show for the past five years and in my own entrepreneurial journey. Because sometimes like it's it, it feels too fun to stop, right? Yes, uh, it feels irresponsible to me. You know, again, from my word, it's not just, you know, it's just irresponsible because I, uh, to me, that probably that I was always that athlete and at home where I come from, certain level of discipline and responsibility and so on that, that never left me, never left me yet. At the moment, literally sometimes physically feeling a little weaker, it just comes or having a headache or whatever it is. So that could stop me from time to time or, or make me slow down. But, uh, but otherwise, it's just I still keep going on. Well, how do you spend your time when you're not working? So this is a good example. This is me considering not working. But you know what? I got prepared. Right yes. now? <laughs> but I, the, the, this could be kind of my, my form of time off. Um, for instance, I did get prepared for this, for this meeting. I got prepared for all of you. I had my hair done. I had my little makeup done. So actually, I was for a second on the other side you know, someone was taking care of, uh, of me. Uh, so that was a person who took care of me actually makes me feel so relaxed and good about myself. That was a great treat. Uh, random, because you, you know, I got invited to this great show and, and so here I am. I, I squeezed that, you know, self-care, a little self-care. But really, uh, on a more serious note, right? I, for me, workout. So I'm so lucky this way that I was that little athlete always because I never had, I didn't jump into workout because it was cool or cute when I was 30 or 40 and it's time really to get it, you know, a little more into it because it's harder to um, be in shape without working out. I cannot have two bagels for breakfast anymore and I used to. That was like my such a treat when I came to United States, especially to New York. Um, And so... Working out, I feel that I took care of myself and I took time for myself. I love my trainer. Um, Having, actually, because my husband and I, we both went through sicknesses. They were cancers and so on. We have a chef who takes care of us. Uh, So um, I don't, I wouldn't go, that that's a waste of time. I don't use the time to go and shop for food. Someone else helps us with it. It's, again, it sounds very uh, arrogant almost, but it's not because I'm doing many other things and I also create job for someone else. It's just, I have my own, you know, we have rental apartment, we have one car, but we choose to live healthy 
lifestyle um, because we both were sick. So that's why we choose our yoga teachers, our trainers, our uh, chef, because that's what's important for us. And so this is definitely a form of self-care. We try to squeeze massages wherever we are, um, in the country, in different cities or abroad. We arrange that wherever we are. Um, I love reading. I love, um, actually I find luxurious when I can study some more. That's luxury for me, that I can read and learn something new about importance of Vaimnadi in our system and what does it do and what doesn't, all those things. I love all the puzzles, as you know, because I mentioned that I play all those numbers and Sudokus and uh, so um, I, uh, that's me taking care of myself. Yes, I, I try twice a year. I mean, pandemic messed up a little bit our routines and so on, but um, twice a year at least we had holidays. Once it would be usually European trip to visit my parents, now just mom, and then uh, visiting one more European country. We would split between those two. So it was Poland and one more country as an addition. Um, and then uh, Christmas time, usually with my brother on the West Coast, uh, Petaluma, near San Francisco, and that's where we would take 10 days, and that was our kind of thing. And occasionally a little um, uh, February or March, a little beach trip. Yes, that, so this is, the, I love being near the water. So that's, so whenever I could, I've done it, but now after pandemic, we jumped into such a machine of almost trying to make up for lost time with work, with everything that it's a little chaotic in some situations and also that creates a little chaos in my head. It makes me a little exhausted, but I mean, we are true here, we are open. So talking to everyone that, that it's not as great and as easy as it always looks. There is a lot behind the scenes. Well, I appreciate your um, honesty and transparency. I think it's incredible that you and your husband focus on how to create health for yourselves, right? And rooting those decisions in your health. We had um, big scares if we did, yeah. Um, and wonderful that you get to do it together, that you're both here together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, for people who just tuned in, we're on Where Brains Meet Beauty podcast talking with Joanna about her career and personal journey. And it's impossible to separate career and personal journey. I mean, I don't, it's it's an unnecessary to, yeah. right? Like my kids watch me work. They're part of my work. They come to the office with me. They have to do errands with me. Um, I think it's great that they're kind of involved in the business. Yes. I mean, uh, I currently work with my husband. So sometimes, you know, because we are in the process of a growth of the company, so this is kind of, you know, growing pains. We almost have too many conversations, business conversations that I would like to have. Like I would love to talk about something else. Thank God we love doing the same thing. So we enjoy the same type of cinema or uh, books, suspense and so on. So it's just... Uh, Thank goodness that we can catch on some other things. We have both jokers as well. So we, we crack some humor, you know, uh, because otherwise we would be talking uh, a lot about work and that wouldn't be healthy at all. So, yeah. And, and as I said, my work is extension of me. So I, I come to the room or, I, or I'm here right now with you. I, I just came, you know, finished one Zoom of producing something new, with, you know, with production advisory team and here I am <laughs> with you and who knows what's happening after. <laughs> it's just, just, it's so, it's so, so much. And, but, but in the meantime, I'm at home. 
I'm on the beach. I'm at home. So it's kind of extension of me. I um, I think it's so beautiful to see the um sense of serenity you have in your commitment to work. And I wonder if it's because like work is kind of like um, a sport, right? Like growing these businesses is there's so much strategy. It's it's physical. Like, I mean, I know we're not like moving our bodies right now, but our brains are moving so fast and our fingers are moving so fast. There is a sense of like pushing your body and it's a game in some sense. It is. I need to be a psychologist to begin with. And I never knew that when I started in Beauty Institute, I had four semesters of psychology and I did not understand, you know, I was studying still Russian language. It was mandatory. That was like another two years of Russian language. I was studying physics and just, but then I understood physics, machines and electricity and all of it incorporated with what with, with we need. I needed to know everything about all the megahertz and watts and, <laughs> and so on. But um, psychology, I'm like, when, like I want, I will be taking care of skin. After seeing first client, I knew why I was uh, learning psychology. Uh, dealing with with another human being, um, I mean, you need to know. I, I have also a good gut feeling and kind of reading people quite quickly. That's helpful in my uh, profession. But so there is one part of it, directly taking care of clients and understanding psychology psychology of it. And then at the moment, my business, it's already different. It's not just direct communication with the client, which seems to be a vacation when I look at it now, where I arrived now with a, uh, Financing department with with uh, I, I, all those things that I don't even don't want to understand with all the technical department and whoever runs our website and our e-commerce and uh, coming up with my own skincare line the most nerve-wracking thing and having my baby there in the world like how am I baby you know how is my baby going to do and. Yes, 35 years experience, but I, I just gave a bird, you know, the end of November. <laughs> Still kind of breastfeeding it, you know, just. <laughs> so it's. And the um, the challenges of growing a product business, is it's so different than service. Completely different uh, uh, category, uh, because as we know, there are many people that have nothing to do with skincare business or so on. They are creators of the skincare lines. So I, um, the way how seriously I take it, you can only imagine by, by everything what I just told you about myself. And when I was going through the process of creation of it, this was kind of a little bit, um, I have to say, that part felt, I guess, like an orgasm. <laughs> I was so excited. I don't know. Even anymore. like I was so excited. I was so excited choosing ingredients and how they mix together and what they're going to do and hearing. I know this was what you wanted to hear, Jody. Yes. But that. I mean, Joanna, you just gave us the soundbite that I was not expecting. I, I, <laughs> I mean, you can either run it or not, but I, but that's how as Scary. This would, you know, this is an example of how scary it is. But also, I keep going on. That's kind of like with my sports. This is this is this this example. And then I have trillions of skincare line existing right there. Why did I make a right choice? 
I just trust myself that touching and rubbing and observing skins and communicating with clients of different shapes and shades and colors and ages and whatever you want to, I, I want to say I'm certain I've made the right decision. What I put in the product, I, I don't know who is speaking now because this is not Polish Catholic speaking at the moment. Like, oh my God, am I good? Am I good? Yes, I've made the right decision. I've made, I've made definitely solid decision, very responsible, everything what the skin needs from me observing those skins, how skins react to a certain ingredients. I have luxury of experimenting it on daily basis. So um, that's what helps me keep going on. And that's what um, I feel very solid about this decision, even though it's a very hard work. Well, you are um, running a marathon right now. This is not a sprint, right? It's not a 5K. No, 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 no. Um, And I think that that's probably one of the reasons why, like, some of these brands feel icky because you can just smell that it's like short term. Um, it's just for marketing. It's not for, you know, um, skin health, right? It's just like a money grab um, for someone who's used to running marathons in business as you are. I, I can um, understand why it's frustrating to see the icky stuff. Uh, my chemists, because they apparently they are just 6% of skincare lines that they are born from from zero. 94% they are kind of uh, the mm, manufacturer's lines that created from zero, they are 6% out there. Uh, so um, my chemist said, Joanna, I don't know, I, saw, I sent you 370 pages to choose ingredients, whatever you've chosen, uh, you are building handmade rosters. I said, that works for me because that works for me. We had, we had investors, you know, interested in doing something earlier with us. Oh, Joanna, we're going to do, we're going to put all the money, 70% to us, 30% for you. And I'm thinking, you know, if I would have been, and it's going to be, and they said, we're going to do, do this and that, and it's going to be good enough. And that's when my husband said, don't ever say good enough in front of Joanna. And, uh, and where we got, you know, being then 56, when I started working on a skincare line, I'm thinking maybe if I was 36, maybe I would go for good enough, but not and as a 56 then. And then somebody said, Joanna, you would not go for good enough, doesn't matter, as a 16. So it's just that's um, between custom-made bottles and I chose the glass. It's, I didn't find bottle for myself in the world. Can you imagine? Just like, I mean, really. So... Uh, so I'm hard. <laughs> well, um, I have one more question for you. Um, it's going to feel like an oddball question, but I know this is important to you. Numbers and Zodiac. You told me that you uh, might not remember my name, but you're going to remember my birth date and my sign. I, I, think, you, I think you're a Virgo. That's right. <laughs> right. I knew when I said during the very first conversation that, uh, that you will create that peace in me, that I... I am organized because where I come from and I'm organized because I'm a woman. I think we have a certain level of responsibilities and so on. And also discipline and organized because of being that athlete person, you know, and that's how, where I come from. But but also it, like it's easier for me to remember birthdays or zodiac signs. I remember faces as well, but names for some reason, especially foreign names. And even though 33 years later, American names, I find, I find them foreign. 
you know, just very, very, very strange. But, uh, oh, yes, Virgo gang. There are more Virgos <laughs> here. I, I love Virgos. Just like, because they do, they, like, they create certain peace within me. Um, yes. I don't know a lot about the definitions. I mean, I, I know organization is important to a Virgo, but that used to come out for me a lot as a kid. Like before I'd go to bed at night, I'd like rearrange all my tchotchkes, you know, in like my room and like kind, kind of come up with another scheme and having that as like, a, I guess, a meditative process, you know, before I would get into bed was important to me. But I don't know if you'd look at my desk right now. I don't. I don't know that you'd believe it. It looks quite. It looks quite organized there. What I see behind the scenes. There. Right, well, because I don't have to touch that stuff that hangs on the wall. But uh-huh. This is where I do my work right here, and it is just like covered in sticky notes all over the place. And I'll take the weekend and I'll make you know some sense of them. But the my the pace of work during the the work day and the work week, it's just not possible to keep up. It's just write it down and deal with it later. It, it gets it gets hard. That's not, you know like being organized really. Cr- Create certain peace within me. Otherwise, I, I I feel anxious if if I'm not organized and not not surrounded. If I have great book that I'm excited about to read, I need to clean my house first. How about that? Is that normal? That's not completely normal, but I like that. That's what like you're getting serenity from that. That's what I get from that yeah. kind of that that right environment. Yes. Yeah. Well, th- that concludes our interview portion of the show. I want to first thank you for your honest answers and for being a part of this career journey conversation. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jody. For our listeners, I hope you enjoyed this interview with Joanna. Please subscribe to our series on your favorite podcast app. And for updates about the show, follow us on Instagram at Where Brains Meet Beauty Podcast. Thanks for listening to Where Brains Meet Beauty with Jody Katz. Tune in again for more authentic conversations with beauty leaders.